tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! And so that's who's going to be the opponent for Fedor Emelianenko. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's right. Well, fight fans, MMA fans, UFC fans, if you are a fan, then Las Vegas was the place to be for these last three, four days. What if you're still Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Vegas was the place to be if you are a MMA or just UFC fan in, in, in any way. Uh, I More feel like matches a, than you can shake a stick at, I right? feel like a broken record when I'm, about, when I'm about to say history was made. Again. Again. Last month, I said it for the Rousey fight. This month, mm-hmm. I mean, in more ways than one, history was made. But we are here dis- uh, discussing the, the fights, as many fights as we can, because <laughs> frankly, there are a lot, uh, for the last three, four days. Um, well, three days, but it was started four days ago. The three, Thursday. the back-to-back-to-back. Because we the are triumvirate your, uh, of events. here on AfterBuzz TV, talking about the UFC 194 mostly, but of course, we're going to try to get into some other stuff, because there are a lot of fights that kind of define a certain division as well. Title eliminators, timer, title... Contenders, contentships, whatever you want to call them. This was like a smorgasbord of fights that closes out 2015 and sets really interesting stage, several stages for 2016. Absolutely. So we have a a lot to talk about. So Mm -hmm. before anything, who are you two? Well, I'm I'm Lethal Laura. (laughs) And you can find me. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me at lethallaura.com. One L. No. One L. One L, that's right. <laughs> and course. I'm Jay Tan, and you can find me here at the After Buzz. See, I like that when you guys introduce yourself as LL Cool J. I kind of like that. I dig that. that. We forgot that. Well, you were supposed to start at LL. <laughs> I well, get the moment. And I'm George Hermosa here. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter and on Instagram at G Hermosa. Just surpassed 400 followers, so let's get that hashtag road to 500 followers uh, before the year's up. Now that's followers. How are we on tweets? No, I actually have three fifty. I actually did. I, I checked. I think I have like nine hundred tweets. So I have double the tweets of followers. Absolutely. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Thank Go you ahead. to the audience. Um, and new tweeting <laughs> champion. As I mentioned, history was made in more ways than one. Yes, sir. Um, of course, this was one of the most highly anticipated fights in the last year. Maybe even, maybe even UFC. Definitely in the history of the. Featherweight division, mm-hmm. um, both WEC and UFC. Yep, Max Holloway and uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Stevens, Stevens absolutely paid off like a million bucks. Right, um, so many fights. We're going to try to get into as much as we can. Of course, the top of the card, the one that everybody came to see, literally, even maybe from Ireland came to see. Maybe from Ireland, Jose Aldo. I don't know. Maybe they're from Boston. <laughs> I, I don't think know. there was no maybe. I think there were there. There maybe. was a lot of them. Some of them didn't make it to I- to Vegas. By the way, did you really? hear about that? Mm-hmm. There was a flight apparently that uh, was turned around midway from the East Coast on its way to Vegas because a couple of Conor McGregor fans got too rowdy really? and disruptive no. on the flight. Yeah. They were rowdy? <laughs> disruptive and rowdy enough to turn a plane around. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like that. 
Well, first off, the first record that was broken was the gate at the UFC 194. It's $10.1 million at the gate. Yes. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. Was there, I didn't get to look, um, I didn't hear it in the, the press conference what the attendance was. 16,516. 16,000. Jeez. And I think uh, California still has the, well, I think the UFC broke the record previously from Strike Force in 2006. For the U.S.? Uh, for well, at least for California, maybe the U.S., but that Strike Force record from two, no, 2005, no, excuse the, me. Are you talking about not the Strike Force, the I, other one at the Coliseum, right? Uh, no, that one didn't break it, I don't think. Or maybe not pay. Because I had like 40,000. Uh, yes, Brock in, a, in attendance, I believe. But, but you're talking about the actual gate. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose possibly, uh, I, I'm talking about the attendance. Um, I believe it was set for a long time at 19,000, that first Strike Force show in mm-hmm. 2005. And I'm not quite sure why that uh, the one at Col- the Coliseum um, Dynamite, that K1 Dynamite show, I forgot why that didn't uh, didn't beat it. But I believe the UFC had beaten the 19,000. My point being, though, that 19,000, uh, that record had stuck around for a while. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating to think 16,000 destroyed... Less okay. people destroyed the box office. Yeah, you could you could have made this fight, you know, fifty bucks more t- per ticket, and people so would have still mm-hmm. came. Yeah, mostly the Irish fans. <laughs> that pretty much already probably spent a fortune already from a, a right. flight from Dublin yeah. or whoever where they are. It's fifty quid. Um, more but yes, be. this fight was originally supposed to happen at UFC one eighty nine yes. back in July. Mm-hmm. Aldo got hurt. You know, there was an interim championship, so now we have champion versus interim champion, and not mm-hmm. just any champion. A lot of people consider Jose Aldo as the number one pound for pound fighter. Um, not just from because Rousey lost, not just because you know John Jones is in the picture, but a lot of people even consider Jose Aldo to be the number one pound for pound, for pound fighter, mm-hmm. even when they were around. Mm-hmm. So now for this guy to come in in its prime, um, and I think in his prime, Jose Aldo definitely hasn't showed any signs of slowing down against this. I mean, hype train would be understatement. <laughs> He's driving his own hype train. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is is it a hype train if you're the conductor? Probably not. And I mean, you're shoveling the coal into the engine there. The interim champion, Conor McGregor. Right. Oop, I just went down a little bit. What now the uh, now the undisputed champion. Undisputed champion. Um, I mean, what really is there left to say than well, wow. the actual result? We haven't talked about that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we, we we've all seen the fight on Instagram. Let's be real. <laughs> I don't think Aldo knows what happened. I don't think. Yeah, he, I think he's just like. They may still need to be telling him. Although, so, from from the the locker room camera, man, oh, so he definitely knew. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that everybody watching here and and listening to us, first off, thank you so much for listening or watching us here on iTunes, YouTube, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I'm sure that we've all seen the fights. If you're watching us, the after show, I'm sure you've at some point you've seen what what actually happened or who's won. So we all know Conor McGregor won, and again, record breaking fashion, fastest title fight. Mm-hmm. Ever. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. I don't want to say shattered, but definitely beat the last one 14 <laughs> seconds of uh, Rousey and Zingano. Yeah. But, I mean, immediate, immediate thoughts from you guys? I was just I was just getting comfortable in the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. This can happen. And it didn't happen. I mean, it did happen. I, it was just <laughs> it was a huge surprise. And it was very hard breaking for me because you know as as much as I don't like McGregor I you know he he is very talented no I, I interesting that you say that why don't you like McGregor 
I guess just being that cocky, I guess mm-hmm. it's not my style. The you know, yeah. Just mm-hmm. personally, you know, he just kind of like how I see it is he has this UFC house, just comes in, tucks off his shoes, gets on the couch, <laughs> and that's where he is. And you're not going to move him. And I think that he's just taking over. And just how he walked into the to a press conference after the fight, mm. it was just mainly like he took over Dana White. Like, that was his job now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was... Yeah, but you've earned it. Yeah, he's, he's backed it up, and uh, that's the tough thing. And I, the craziest, the craziest thing that he yeah. said, and I was I was talking to to Rudy about it. He called out the exact move, how he was going to defeat mm-hmm. him, and the um, there was a uh, gentleman that was asking a question, um, a journalist, and he was like, he read back everything he said, mm-hmm. and word for word, he did it. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, hearing the the question and. The quote, something about McGregor thinking that Aldo was going to overcommit on the right. Exactly. And McGregor would pop him yes. with the left, which certainly did happen. Um, with, you know, I, I, a lot of times you come away from a match and you can decipher some kind of what I call the story of the match. And that's what I think is I'm probably having a tough time processing this whole thing is there wasn't a story of the match. Except for that one punch got thrown. That's the whole story. And that's certainly... Technically, it's a match. Technically, it's a fight. But there's no story to tell. But yet there is. There is Conor McGregor and how fast he has risen up, how much he has taken over, the fact that he has said he was he, they were here to take over, not take part. Um, and that it's, I mean, I was trying to think afterwards, how do you envision somebody that's going to, that can usurp something like that? Like, how long are we going to see him at the top? Granted, we said that when Chris Weidman... Uh, beat Anderson Silva. Oh shit! It's a new revolution. We said that when Ronda took over, uh, when her, won her title, um, or when it was awarded to it, and you know the first match after uh, um, Liz Carmouche. Um, I'm trying to think who else uh, recently. You know, all these new chapters, and that's what we've got here with uh, with Conor McGregor. We had warning. We had fair warning the past <laughs> couple of years. You know him, and he's calling out his shots. He's calling mm-hmm. out how he's going to win, and I mean. Some of them are a little off, but mainly he's calling them off. And yeah. I want to give a, a quick shout here in the chat room. Uh, big up to Justin Soli who's busting my chops here. Point taken, my friend. Euros, not quid. I would not know that. I have not been to Scotland in a very long time, if ever. I'm sorry. No, Ireland. Oh, that's... That's I'm 0 for 2 right there. <laughs> Ireland. I, I sit corrected, my friend. I mean, here's the thing about Conor McGregor. And, and I don't work for Reebok, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> here's the thing about Conor McGregor, and, and obviously this is what the great thing about UFC Fight Pass for $9.99. You can go back and watch some of his earlier matches in the UFC mm-hmm. against Marcus Brimage or against uh, Max Holloway. Yep. And you see the confidence level just at an all-time high, even back then. Mm-hmm. So the guy, this guy's confidence hasn't really risen because it's always been that high. How important do you think confidence plays into his success? Because everybody has confidence, but there's yeah. confidence and there's Connor confidence. You know, Justin's uh, another point he makes here. He says Mystic Mac is the story. When I said that, you know, what is the story to this whole thing? And that very well may be. Uh, it's a totally fair point, my man. Um, that is, I, I think, that is something that the confidence factor. It. It varies from fighter to fighter, obviously. Its effect on each fighter varies as well. In this case, I think that that may be something to to Connor's formula for success. 
that he really is able to buy into it, buy into his own hype, if if you want to call it that. I mean, it ain't hype if you're actually proving it at the end of the day. Um, there is not much that we can say right now. I mean, there are guys... We know that he's going to have tougher fights against guys that we wouldn't necessarily expect. Given the MMA math, Jose Aldo being who he was and his dominance for so long. But we saw Chad Mendez take him down, and a lot of people were saying that Connor lost that first round to Chad Mendez in their fight. Mm-hmm. Max Holloway made a point saying that he went the distance with uh, with Connor. Joe Duffy, a couple of years ago, beat Connor. Granted, it's probably a very different Connor McGregor, mm-hmm. but. Um, Connor is human like anybody else. He will be beatable. He is beatable. We're just not seeing that anytime soon, I don't uh-huh. think. Especially based on last night. Uh, you can't even envision it. At least I couldn't right off the bat. One thing that I really liked, not that I like liked and McGregor at the same sentence, but <laughs> uh, McGregor, like he, when he speaks, he kind of makes you feel like, yes, he's very... He's very um, cocky. He's very, but he makes certain points. Mm-hmm. And um, he actually thanked the fans on his Instagram. And I am going to quote him. He says, "To the naked eye, it was 13 seconds, but to my team, to the team and family, it has been a lifetime of work mm-hmm. to get to this. Hold on, to get to the 13 seconds, which was fair point. I mean, with going back, what you said on for the reasons why you don't like McGregor." Does it make you like him maybe even like a little bit more knowing that even after the post, even after he won, honestly, I was expecting like, see, I told you guys, you know, Aldo's a, Aldo's a bum. But he literally said, you know, Aldo, like, oh, that guy's a, a warrior. Yeah. You know, I, I, he, it literally looked like he was speechless. Yeah. He was speech, he was talking, but I can tell he was still speechless. I mean, does the humbleness at all kind of make you like him a little bit more? No. Really? Because <laughs> there's not enough of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he should have given him the title back and said, nah, it's still really you. I got a belt. You can keep that. You'd, you'd be okay with that, then, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just—it was just very heartbreaking. It was just—I wish I could have seen a battle mm-hmm. in the cage. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that this—the match obviously didn't deliver. I mean, there was certainly this was a "where were you when" moment, um, but a lot of us were expecting a back and forth war. Pr- probably not going all five rounds. I could see a, a scenario where nine times out of ten. That tenth time, it does go all five rounds, and God no, I mean, we would have we would have all benefited from that one, right? Seeing twenty five minutes of these guys, um, but that's what we didn't get. And even Connor, in his post fight comments, was talking about how he wanted more of a yeah. more of a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure all of it as well. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure, there, yes. Yeah. You know, I uh, I think though that. It's um, one of the big uh, conversations to come out of this whole thing has been the immediate rematch or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue Aldo seemed to be, I mean, he, he, out of it in his post fight, but he seemed to be talking immediately about wanting an immediate rematch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on the trends that we've seen with the way the UFC has been booking in the past, let's say, six months or so, um, we have seen a lot of, there's been these guys that have dominated for such a long time. Oh, let's. Year or so. I mean, Anderson Silva mm-hmm. got an immediate rematch. Why? Because he'd been such a dominant champion mm-hmm. for such a long time. Henan Burrell, same thing. Uh, Ronda, most likely the same thing. And you, based off of that, you have to make the same argument for Jose. Mm-hmm. That said... We'll get into that next real quick. Yeah. But uh, with that said, uh, is Connor's next fight, whether it's against Aldo or you know Edgar, is it going to be... Should it be at Croke Park? In be, Ireland. 
I mean, he already nice. said it. If he wins, he's going to defend it in Ireland. Like, but yeah. do you like do you just already make make everything happen right now, or do you kind of see how everything goes? No, here's the tricky part. I think the weather is going to be the thing that plays. Although, unless Croke Park has a retractable dome or not, I don't think so. Okay, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it's Ireland. Yeah. It gets wet there <laughs> and cold and nasty at night. So. See, I don't know. Though my thing is, maybe you might know a little bit more than this. Is I think there was a big deal with like the curfew thing. Then why not just have the event like an hour or two earlier? TV. It may possibly affect the TV schedule here. But I mean, like, it's not like they haven't For done such a marquee match. Yeah, yeah. They, they'll do shows in the middle of the day or in the morning. Yeah. But those are largely B level fight night shows. No. Well, okay. So right before we go into the next fight. Uh, is this, and I actually meant to ask this question uh, last month, um, I know this was still kind of an OMG moment for different reasons, last month was more of an upset, this was more of like a, man, I can't believe that happened so quickly. <laughs> is this a changing of the guard? That means, which, which I mean where, is Aldo, I don't want to say he's done, but is it the heir of McGregor now? Right. Is it now his his division to run? Is, is Aldo, like, are we going to see him maybe come back and at some point? Does he have a chance of becoming champion again? Or is this pretty much... Yeah, that's a, it's a fair question about whether, how how does Aldo rehab himself? And is he able to? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, that's... I think you, on one hand, you got to go... You either go through another 25 guys, mm-hmm. you know, and just win decisively. But that's not... That's going to take years to happen. And at this level, Aldo couldn't. Uh, I don't think go through that many without getting title shot. He'll be if he beats two or three guys, then mm-hmm. you're talking about him right back in the title mix. And I think uh, McGregor was actually talking about that too, and he said that uh, he has to get back in line to get that shot mm-hmm. at the back of the line. <laughs> no, was get that... back into line. Into line. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's I, just I a mean, matter of working I think, out your medical. I think he's calling him the shots now. So. Connor is. Well, speaking of which, I mean, before we talk about the middleweight championship, there was another pivotal uh, fight in the featherweight division the day before on Friday night, mm-hmm. which was uh, Frank Yedinger against Chad Mendes and what all the people thought should have been the number one contendership. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if Chad Mendes won, it would have been his third or fourth shot at the title. I don't really want to see that. But now he didn't win. So Frank Yedger won, in my opinion, stunning fashion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was not expecting to knock out Chad Me Mendes neither. in the first round. So before we talk about the, the middleweight championship, let's talk about Frank Yedger or Chad Mendes. What did you guys think of that fight? Shocking? Like what, Thoughts? That was actually shocking. I mm-hmm. missed that fight. Um, I missed that fight, but then we were looking into um, the highlights. Mm-hmm. And then he, and then we were looking at it and it said, um, Chad Mendes gets knocked out. And I was very surprised because I was looking for a battle too. That mm. because they both work very hard, mm-hmm. you know, in the cage and and they they outdo each. You know, I I think they could outdo each other and try to you know get a good good um, battle. Mm-hmm. But when I seen that, that was crazy, and that was a crazy shot. Yeah, how he got knocked out. It's a match that people have been talking about for a long time. Yeah, yeah. there are three guys that everybody wanted to see Frank Yeager fight when he did drop down to featherweight, and that was Aldo, Faber, and Almendez. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he pretty much beat two out of the three, uh, it with obviously with Aldo being his first fight at featherweight, and I don't think he's lost since then. I, I guess he's been on a complete know. tear. I think he beat Oliveira, mm-hmm. you know, obviously Faber, a few others. So, yeah. I mean, you can't really deny Edgar now. I mean, you can't deny him of a title shot. It's just a matter of when does he get that title shot. Mm-hmm. When does Frankie get that yeah. title shot? Okay, so let's talk about that. I mean, that kind of ties into the conversation about the rematch. Exactly. Aldo McGregor 2, <laughs> maybe 3, depending on how you interpret it. Um, 
what what's going to be better for business? I mean, there is who deserves it more. That's one conversation. And then what's better for business? The UFC has has proven that they're willing to do either or. Yeah. A lot of times leaning towards what's better for business. Mm-hmm. Um, Edgar versus McGregor is definitely a fresher. It's a breath of fresh air. It's a fresher match to be sure. Uh, Aldo McGregor. You could make the argument based on their track record that Aldo should get that uh, that title match. Now, um, we're assuming that Aldo immediately wants to come back. We don't know that for sure. I mean, it's less than 24 hours <laughs> thing happening. So um, there's that. Most likely he probably does, you know. Frankie Edgar, that's been a long road to uh, to him, you know, getting, uh, getting a shot at least against, uh, you know, currently. He did fight... Yeah, his first match was uh, against Aldo, right? Yeah, his first fight of Featherweight was against Aldo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So I think for business, if you want to talk about uh, a new chapter, Aldo, Edgar, I'm sorry, uh, McGregor, Edgar does make sense. Um, Do you do that in Croke Park? Yeah, I think that would be a great one to do that. That's a match worthy of Mm -hmm. a stadium like that because of the action that it can potentially deliver. Now, that said, we also said the same thing about Aldo McGregor. <laughs> you know, that was going to go uh, go for several rounds and be an mm-hmm. action-packed barn burner, and it wasn't quite. I mean, I will say this. Uh, you know, much respect to Aldo, man. Has anybody who McGregor's fought before? I think Edgar's got the best chance of, of beating him. Edgar? Yeah. 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 Frankie Edgar has got this little scrappy heart that I've never <laughs> seen before. You can watch his fights going back on Fight Pass against Gray Maynard. That yeah. guy took a beating and he won. Now, mind you, that was years ago. Uh, it's a different Frankie Edgar, and that was at 40, that was at fifty five. Yeah, different. Maybe improved. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he's improved now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, but like you said, now that he's at a more natural position, a natural weight class. Yeah, he's got. He does maybe have a little bit more power. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, like I said, I think that that fight to me makes the most sense as far as what to do next. A couple other points to make here in the chat room. Um, man, I don't want to butcher this name because I can tell that this is one of Connor's uh, hometown buddies. <laughs> Last name Connolly, first name E O I N. Unless he just typed it and uh, <laughs> typoed and it's supposed to be Aaron Connolly, which I'm guessing it's not. Uh, I'm not even, maybe Ian Connolly? Forgive me if I butchered that one. Um, Connor's next fight, lightweight division in Croke Park. No, speaking of which, that's another thing that a lot of people have been talking about too, going up to lightweight. Right. You know, obviously we've all seen the, I guess it was the UFC Go Big press conference, Mm -hmm. trash talking to Sonio, Cerrone, you know, everybody there. Um, I mean, that was pretty much the Connor show. Um, but at the same time, Connor just said, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to drop the ball. I want to be a dual champion. Well, and, and Justin Soley here also is saying, asking how many fights can uh, Connor cut to 45 without an IV. Mm-hmm. John Kavanaugh recently has been saying that he doesn't want him to go down to 45 anymore. Mm-hmm. And there may be a sne- sneeze coming up. Excuse me if that happens, but try it. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon. That's, there's a lot of things we can control on live internet, guys, but that sometimes is not one of them. So, um, that's, yeah, th- this is, we're now in a post IV ban. Era and Connor was looking super thin, oh right? Oh my god, he looked crazy. He was skinny. looking gaunt. Did not look like him. See, Connor did say that at the not the post fight conference, but uh, in like the post show on Fox, mm-hmm. he said that. Yeah, I may look a certain way, 
but I don't yeah. feel the same way. Right. I feel amazing. You know, he was kind of going over what he does every morning. You mm-hmm. know, just even even when they were announcing his name in the cage, you yeah. can see him. You know, just start to get limber and whatnot. Yeah, like that's you know, who knows? Maybe he might look that way, but obviously we saw him and he looked amazing. I'll say this: I'm not in favor of McGregor um, vacating the title. I mean, unless. Uh, unless there's a, a real medical need, mm-hmm. you know, you've worked this whole thing. I think the fans get cheated yeah. when McGregor, they invest in going this whole journey to him winning the title, undisputed, mm-hmm. top guy, certainly in the UFC and in the world by default. Um, but then you don't see him, uh, you don't see him defend. I mm-hmm. think he's got an obligation yeah, to agree. defend at least once before going up. And don't, don't even talk to me about dual championship. Are you crazy? <laughs> Do you know the number of matches and shows that these guys are running? No. You need as many championships as possible. Unfortunately, then, that also dilutes the uh, marquee value of them, as we've seen with some of the championships. I mean, BJ um, Penn almost, I mean, not almost, because he didn't almost beat GSP, but right. he was when he was lightweight champion, he he went for the welterweight championship. Right. Different era, yeah. less matches, and, you know, more, uh, less names such that you could follow them more. Um, but I don't think that you can. I don't think you can do that in this day and age. Um, I, I believe in seeing Connor defend at least once, and possibly, you know, then maybe vacate it. But I think it, it's going to hurt the title if Connor vacates the title at forty five in his next match, next several matches at mm-hmm. fifty five. Not in favor of that at all. I think I think you just keep it exciting, just stay where you're at. I mean, definitely Connor is going to be headliner all throughout two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Now that you know we're going on into the new year, so it should be interesting uh, what happens in that division, especially with Connor. And you know, now that he's officially the champion, dropped the interim. Now you can expect even more mm-hmm. crazy Connor come out, <laughs> and maybe more hatred from Laura's part. Justin, good call. Hatred. I do not hate anybody. I just dislike. Mm. <laughs> fair, fair point. <laughs> Justin um, Sully makes a note that. Uh, Connor looked like a mini Josh Barnett, which I'm totally with you there, dude. I thought the same thing. I just didn't want to say because I thought everyone would think I'm crazy. So uh, you're the crazy one, buddy. But the featherweight title wasn't the only championship on the line yesterday. Oh, no? No. Hey, you know what? I was talking about that. And Weidman got lucky that he lost under this card because everybody forgot about his loss. But yes, the middleweight championship was on the line when Chris Weidman defended against Luke Rockhold. Um, What a fight. Which I was happy to see, by the way. Yeah, I I, I agree. (laughs) You are a hater. No matter how pretty the voice is, you're hating. Fantastic fight, by the way. Um, I mean, officially, it didn't get fight of the night. No. So they were $50,000 richer. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, one, one, one person was in favor. The other one person was against uh, Weidman losing. Um, what are you thinking? against him losing. I mean, I you, you were rooting for Weidman. I, I expected Weidman to win, yeah. And I don't... Um, I mean, I, I really try not to, to necessarily root or have mm-hmm. one that I want to see versus the other. Um, the match certainly was uh, was... Fireworks. I mean, it was no, most of the matches last night did not go as I expected them to. In the main, the main card, I think I only went two for five, mm-hmm. and the two that I was right about did not go as as I thought. Um, yeah, I got a little penchant as, as we talked about earlier, <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit more penchant for uh, for East Coast champions um, because I like to see the diversity. I like to see the mix up when mm-hmm. it comes to champions and stars and names at the top of this sport, you know and. Um, the East Coast uh, 
Under underrepresented in terms of recognizable names, I'll say that. No, I, I I'll be the first to say, and this isn't like an I told you so in any single way, but n- me not really the biggest fan of Wyman. He just hasn't really impressed me in the last two years. I still go on record and saying that I think both his wins against Silva were flukes. I think it was more so Silva losing as opposed to Weidman winning. Mm. I give him props for against Vitor. I think he totally beat Vitor Belfort in, in every way. Um, and Machida. And you can, yeah, yeah. But you can argue in some ways, and I'm not arguing this, but other people will, that, oh, well, Vitor lost because he wasn't on TRT anymore, you know? Whatever. That's, that's, that's in the past. But. That's when you're supposed th- to lose, by th- the way. This, <laughs> this win did not surprise me at all from Rockhold. I think mm-hmm. Rockhold is a stud. I think. And maybe you can go on and on about this too, and said maybe training with bigger guys mm-hmm. might help you a lot. Obviously, training at AKA, he trains with Cormier and Cain Velasquez on a regular basis. Uh, you as a fighter, Laura, does that help you at all? Training with people that are bigger than you? Definitely. Um, I feel I feel a very difference. I do train um, and spar with my coach, which mm-hmm. he's what two o something. And Anthony's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, as a big and boy, and he kicks, and he is, you know sometimes he doesn't hold back. You know some of his punches, and you know I, and I feel the power. But what I get from that is when I spar a girl mm-hmm. or you know somebody that that's going full power, I feel I do feel the difference in power, and so like, okay, I can yeah. I can manage this. So uh, you know the same thing. The same thing. I I, uh, I also train with a, a twenty pound vest on as well, and when you take that off. You feel as light as a feather, man. Mm. No, what about wrestling? Do you wrestle um, with people that are heavier than you? Um, I f- I wrestle. I don't get into a lot of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, again, don't expose your. your, your <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 well, <laughs> oh, we're gonna exactly. take her to the ground now that <laughs> I've been watching after us. Yeah, <laughs> but I hold my own. Yeah. I hold my own. Uh, no, but again, it goes back to training with my with my coach too. So I feel his his mm. weight as well. So. Batters in the on-deck circle in baseball, right? They got two donuts on the bat. They're swinging to take one off. They take two off, and it's that much lighter. It's kind of resistance training, in a matter of speaking. I mean, Rockhold, I mean, like I said, I think this guy's a said beating Machida in very decisive fashion as well. I mean, Machida's not an easy guy to to beat. So the way Rockhold beat him, Bisbing, you know, I think, and I I know that Rockhold's just, he wants Vitor Belfort so badly because he knows he can beat him now. Yeah. Oh, he wants him on a silver plate. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I think the story to this match, though, was really, for me, it was the surprise of Weidman not putting up more, a grittier fight. Rockhold had Weidman's number quite a bit, especially in the wrestling, which you wouldn't expect from a guy with, uh, uh, with, uh, Weidman's pedigree, you know, mm-hmm. from Hofstra University, uh, several time All American, I think. Um, but uh, you know, he Rockhold pulled away easily. The mm-hmm. second, uh, the third, uh, first was close. And first, watching it live, I leaned a bit more uh, towards Weidman. I agree. But in second viewing, I can see how uh, Rockhold having that guillotine choke twice on him. Even though it didn't really seem very, it seemed like it was close for Weidman to go out. That was a strong, well placed guillotine. It was in good position, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't even call if if Rockhold had that first round. If he was going, into, if he was uh, up three zero going into the f- fourth round, I wouldn't call that a steal. I'd say Rockhold won that first round, mm-hmm. possibly if he did. I could totally understand that. Now, what do you guys think of that roundhouse kick that kind of started the end of, of Weidman? Just mm. a completely unorthodox. We don't really see Weidman kind of throw those kicks too much, and here he comes. And he's... Well, you know what? With those type of kicks, especially um, 
because he got knocked out with one of those kicks, mm-hmm. Rockhold, yeah. he, I'm, I'm sure that he knew how to defend that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is stuff it. So what, that's what he did. He stuffed it. And he seen him go around, and it was kind of lazy. So both of them are tired. Yeah. He stepped in, and he got it. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think not so much uh, Rockhold, or I'm sorry, going, uh, going with Rockhold is, it's one thing to kind of capitalize on, on a mistake, but the way Rockhold did, that that's not just, you know, Weidman losing it. That's Rockhold dominating mm-hmm. his mistake. Yep. So, again, kudos to Rockhold, you know, I think. And there's a place, there's a place in time for that kick. Yeah. And you don't you don't throw it when you're when you're really really tired. You you throw it when your opponent is dead tired. Mm-hmm. You're good, and you're looking for that shot. That's that finesse spinning yes. shit. <laughs> you got to feel you, confident and you, about. And you gotta be. And you gotta. You can't be lazy about that kick. Yeah, you know it just uh, occurred to me. This is uh, that spinning back kick is Weidman's Chael Sonnen in the the second match. The spinning back. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just go. Why were you thinking, <laughs> man? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'd be curious to hear what he uh, what he was thinking. Whenever we do hear from, from Chris from Mr. yeah, somebody has got to ask. Uh, him did you watch question. the post fight conference at all? Is there anything? I didn't, I didn't watch it to be honest with you. But anything newsworthy? Anything um, you know, news bits? Weidman was not there. Uh, Aldo was not there. Um, I'm trying to think. Remember, I mean, there was nothing like a Cantito or you know uh, Ryan Bader in DC uh, mm-hmm. blow up. Um, no, um, Rockhold was talking about it, it's. It kind of seemed like they were planting the seeds for Rockhold Romero. Oh yeah, they um, were talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rockhold like, saying, "Let's oh, do it." I'll see you. We'll, we'll go into that in a second, but before we go on to the next fight, which was you know very much on that middleweight division, how great is it to be to come from Strike Force? And because if you think about it, if you look at it, four champions. Uh, I know Verdun and Lawler kind of started off in UFC, but mm-hmm. they got released and they completely rejuvenated the career in Strike Force. Mm-hmm. And now they're champions, as well as Rockhold and Cormier, who started in Strike Force or got their names in Strike Force. Dude, like I miss Strike Force. They had a lot of good fighters. <laughs> New chapter, my friend. I know. It's just <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, I think that's crazy. But going on, they had to, some chicks in there too that fought pretty well. Strike Force. They had a few. Remember? Yeah. The, at least one or two of them came over. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we all, and then of course, Ronda Rousey, of course, uh, who got her start in Strike Force as well. But the next fight kind of had a lot to do with, uh, coincided with this middleweight championship is Yoel Romero against, uh, Jacare Souza. Um, I was not really a big fan of the fight, even though I was, this was probably the fight I was looking forward, forward to the second most. Let's be real. Hmm. Aldo McGregor. Um, but I don't know. Like, what did you guys think of this fight? Um, that was uh, – I, I did have Romero winning. Uh, I, I picked Romero mm-hmm. prior to, to fight day, and uh, I did see him winning this I mean, during actually, during the match. Although I got uh, – I started to waver, and I was thinking that Souza was uh, – Jacare was, was taking over and capitalizing. I could see it going his, mm-hmm. his direction there. Um, with Yoel Romero, I think – it's like a perverse uh, – he's kind of my, my perverse favorite. If there is – it's almost like watching uh, deathmatch wrestling. With Yoel Romero – I don't Wait, know. That the, was a weird analogy, but I'm going to bring it back to bacon. You Check mean this with out, the, guys. like the clay on it's MTV? Clay. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like pro wrestling oh, deathmatch. Like celebrity Cactus death match. Jack or, yeah, fire and baseball bats. Why? Why am I talking about – an Olympic gold medalist uh, as, as a deathmatch guy. Because with Yoel Romero, 
you don't know what kind of antics are going to happen in the cage. And I am fascinated by I that. I just feel like he just pushes the envelope to see what yep. else he could do. What other the, illegal stuff? That there is do? always something going on with Yoel Romero in the past several matches that you feel like he is cheating or pushing the envelope, as LL here said. And I'd have a hard time arguing against that theory there, you know? Um, the incident, the Stoolgate with uh, Tim, Tim Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, which I don't necessarily attribute to Yoel uh, or his corner cheating. It was a giant miscommunication. And uh, Big John McCarthy, if you listen on his podcast, he explains that. There's at least two episodes where he addresses that issue and what really was going down in the cage. But that was a schmanz, to be sure. And... Um, this one as well. You saw Romero grabbing for the cage very blatantly. Um, was this the one? I think this is the one where uh, Chuck was going uh, batshit. No, that was Weidman and Rockhold, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Grabbing the cage. Um, Yoel Romero is just this strange character. Um, and, of course, the gay Jesus comments. I know that the UFC is trying to move past that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could argue one way or the other where his heart really is in terms of what his comments, uh, his comments and his intention there. But... Um, He's uh, he's a bit of a, an MMA train wreck in some ways. But yet, <laughs> you can't argue the guy's power, speed for that power and that weight. Um, his uh, his grappling pedigree, of course, and you know in earlier matches we've seen his knockout power. Hell, in this match we saw it. He rocked Jacare big time with yeah. that spinning back fist in the first. And that... You know that that probably uh, that gave him that uh, that first round, you know, and kept him competitive. That said, he's got his drawbacks as well. The guy seems to lose his cardio um, or pace himself in a very weird way after the first round. You know, yeah. uh, was it second or third round? Second round that you know he was really slowed up on the gas pedal. Yeah, it was just kind of slow at after after mm-hmm. that first one, and it was yeah. just. But then you saw him jump ahead in the third. Yeah, and it's like. Dude, why don't you try and finish in the second and save yourself time? I mean, one of the reasons why I was looking forward to this fight so much is you had one of the top wrestlers, an Olympic uh, medalist mm-hmm. in Yoel Romero against probably top three, maybe even top two jiu-jitsu practitioners in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And I guess they just kind of canceled each other out, to be honest with you. Like, they were like, oh, I don't want to go to the ground, but I don't want to go to jiu-jitsu. So, I mean, it was kind of a stand-up war um, in some ways. Go ahead. Well, it just occurred to me, not to cut you off, but two, this was the third time that they've booked this match. Yeah. Correct? They were supposed to fight a few times. I personally feel that Aldo McGregor, um, I think the the five-month delay in the match actually happening affected both guys' psyche um, in, in different ways. I thought for the better for Aldo and McGregor before the match actually happened. But by the same token, I can see that being the case for Romero and Jacare. You mm-hmm. know, there's more on the line. The stakes have been raised a little bit. Um, both guys may have been a bit more antsy for each other um, in, in the approach to, to this matchup actually finally happening. I mean, I think the wrong person won anyways. I mean, I, I completely give... <laughs> I, 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 I think we can all agree uh, Romero won the first round. Jacare won the third round. It's just that middle round. And the only reason mm-hmm. why I gave Jacare the second round is because... Which, by the way, great refing, by the way. When uh, uh, Jacare yeah. was trying to take Romero down, mm-hmm. uh, Yoel grabbed the cage mm-hmm. and actually ended up getting in top position. The ref, yeah. you can clearly hear him say, "You know what? Use the cage to get positioning." So I'm going to take that away from you. Yeah, just one more Sully time. Mentions it in the chat room. Yeah. One more time, I'm going to take a point away. And that's not the only reason. I did think Jacare was a little bit more active, but that's one of the reasons why I think Jacare had that round. 
And uh, maybe the other, maybe the other judge thought the same thing, but mm. I guess maybe the other two did it. You so. felt that, if I remember correctly, you said if you have to cheat, then that means that the other guy is beating you. Yeah, especially on that specific takedown, because you never know. You never know what could have happened had had Jock Ray score that takedown. And, and you know, and that's maybe momentum getting taken away oh, yeah. from Jacare. No, it absolutely did stop. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did affect the match itself, and that's why Mark Goddard stopped it because after the momentum was done, he saw who had the most advantageous position. Mm-hmm. And it was obviously it did affect that uh, that moment in the match. So yeah, excellent refereeing by him for sure. Yeah. So it looks like we're gonna have a Rockhold Romero fight sometime soon, as you guys were alluding to uh, in the post-fight conference. Um, that should be a fun fight. I think. I think Raw Cold, as long as he kind of keeps his cardio up, mm-hmm. is going to completely wipe the floor with <laughs> yes, Romero. Definitely. I, yeah. Short of uh, short of Romero landing hard right on the button on Rock uh, Rockhold. Um, that's Rockhold's match to to win or lose. Yeah. Um, he they did mention uh, Vitor as well. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know Vitor. In is Anderson's, he officially with Anderson Silva? I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> I I don't believe that it's been. Officially made, but I know that there was mm-hmm. uh, an announcement that I believe February we okay. were talking about these guys uh, fighting in Brazil. Okay, which is a great money match. Yeah, that's gonna. Uh, I, I would think that that would draw very well down there. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps that. Uh, I mean, maybe that's a uh, uh, that's an indicator. Uh, it can be used as a as a title contender match as well. Maybe I would like to see Rockhold and Anderson Silva. That'd be a fun match. <laughs> <Yes. night. laughs> just what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just mentioned Jacare being one of the maybe like top two, top three jujitsu practitioners. Another guy who I think maybe is maybe number one is Damian Maya, 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 Maya mm-hmm. who uh, also fought yesterday against Gunnar Nelson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last time he fought uh, Maya, or last time Maya fought, he fought Neil Magny. We all were agreeing that that was pretty much like a, an artist with his canvas. And Jiu-Jitsu I think, clinic, yeah. yes, and I think this way, this match was very much so the same, just using a different tor- form of paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Maya just like completely just Pedro cool. Picasso, if you will. Oh my god, <laughs> like it was so beautiful to watch. I mean, Maya, since he came into the welterweight division, I think maybe he has one loss. That guy just completely, like, I, mm-hmm. I would like to see him get a, a, a title shot in some way, in some ways in the future against Robbie or yeah. the winner of Robbie and Condit. Condit, yeah, hmm, interesting, yeah. He did talk uh, a bit in his post-fight interview. I didn't hear it very well, but uh, about the the ranking system, wanting to oh, wanting yeah, it to be a bit more kind of mathematical. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas now, as as I understand it, um, I think it was supposed to be revamped sometime this year. In part, you know, on the heels of the the Reebok deal, but um, that it is a certain uh, a certain pool of MMA media mm-hmm. that the UFC has has picked or uh, elected. And that those guys are the ones that uh, uh, that do the rankings. Um, I don't know how how else how how else would you do it though? The the rankings? Do you do because even then you're going to end up with MMA math where this guy beat this guy, so therefore I mean, honestly he goes I up. think you know maybe Dana Joe Silva, uh, you probably know this as well Sean too, Shelby. where like you just make the fight that makes the most sense. You don't need certain numbers right. to kind of dictate. Who gets the next shot? Well, there a guideline. Yeah, there, it's only a guideline yeah. um, to help make matches and kind of give context to all of these guys. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just this Or kind of like pool. have a record in some ways, you know? A record. No, kind of like, you know, there, there's standings. Right. Gonna, in all team sports, there's standings, you know? Right. In tennis, there's rankings, you know? Just right. things to just make it official. Yeah. I, well, I think you can have official rankings, but it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, it's... Uh, 
who you book mm-hmm. based on the rankings is, is a bit subjective, you know, based on different scenarios at, at that particular, any, any given day. I mean, speaking of rankings, uh, the, the first fight of the card, Max Holloway versus Jeremy Stevens, mm-hmm. um, number five against number, number eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holloway, like, just always looking impressive. I think his last loss was, it was against coincidentally Conor McGregor. <laughs> um, yeah. and that guy just con- been on, on a complete tear. Since it's been again, and I say this all the time. Sometimes a loss is the best thing that can happen to your career. And that's what Conor McGregor was saying. Yeah, he's saying that everybody that lost to him is somehow inspired now. <laughs> <laughs> Give him inspiration. Yeah, that is well, true. Let's see what happens with Dustin Poirier and Joe Duffy. <laughs> so I am kind of curious. Like, uh, where does Mox Holloway go from here? Um, again, I, I think Edgar should get the next fight, but. I mean, you want to test Holloway? Maybe, maybe all, maybe he should be Aldo's next fight. Oh, he was calling that out too, no? Really? Right after his fight. Hmm. I thought I was just calling out McGregor. He's like, I'm the, it's like, I'm the only guy that took him to decision. Like, okay, you still lost though. It's not like, it's not like you beat him by like a, a split decision. It's, right. it's unanimous. So, um, again, I, I, should be a fun 2016. Holloway yes. number five. Um, yeah, I mean, he's knocking on that door to, right now to be in the, in the title mix. Um, I love the idea of UFC Hawaii. I don't know why that hasn't happened oh, yeah. faster. Max keeps talking about it. Um, he, he was marketing for, for a title match there um, or thinking that he could sell out Croke Park. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I go along with that one, Maxie, but a good try there. You got to <laughs> do what you got to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, um, Edgar, um, Edgar, maybe Aldo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not Edgar. I'm sorry. No, Edgar should be the guy. Whoever does get Edgar, Edgar, yeah. yeah, that'd be the the best test for Mike Holloway. If you really think that, you're, you're really, I mean, Edgar, Aldo, and even McGregor, if he wasn't, if he didn't win, I mean, those would be the ultimate test for Max Holloway. You want to be number one, then beat these guys. Yeah, I don't think I saw anything in the Jeremy Stevens match that tells me that he's ready for a title shot against mm-hmm. McGregor. I think that would be a smearing. Yeah. Uh, McGregor will finish him pretty fast. But if you can beat Edgar or Aldo, then absolutely. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, before we kind of go on to the not wrapping up the show, because we still got so <laughs> many more fights to go to talk about, uh, so please don't wrap us up anytime soon. But uh, just overall thoughts on UFC 194. Like, I mean, do you think it's going to break any records as far as pay-per-view? Do you think uh, – I know number one is UFC 100. Mm-hmm. Is it number two officially UFC 193 with Ronda Ra- and uh, Holm? Um, I know it got like 1.1 or 1.2 million. I, I heard 1.1, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it, if this one does beat uh, beat Ronda mm-hmm. and uh, or 100 for that matter. Mm-hmm. They did mention that the metrics, which are very non scientific, yeah. um, at the press conference they were saying the metrics leaning towards that way. I'm trying to remember who is the guy that was taking issue with me in the chat or in comment section. A couple of uh, Couple of shows ago, I know. Don't think I've forgotten about you, buddy. I think you may be right on that one, but I still maintain that Ronda is a draw. Oh no, I saw that. I saw that thing too, and I actually commented. Yeah. I commented back, even though it's like you know you shouldn't comment back on, on the folks on YouTube. But <laughs> really? no, it's like, hey, listen, I, I'm all for opinions. Like I, yeah. I, I will agree with you, but then it's like, well, now that came out that Ronda Rousey, and not only you know that main event, but a double main event of women is the number two highest UFC pay-per-view of all time. Mm-hmm. You can't deny that. There's no, right. like, denying that Ronda's not a draw in any way. So right. I think he hasn't responded back, so maybe we're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until when the pay-per-views come out. Exactly. Show. You might be right, buddy. I'm sh- I wouldn't be surprised if Conor ends up 
beating it. But yeah. that's not to say that Ronda's not a draw. Yeah. So most I know, people are going to get beaten by Conor McGregor in pay per view. <laughs> that's understandable. I know the previous night, uh, Saturday. So we had Friday. I know you were probably a little bit more invested in this because I know you cover the Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. here on yeah. AfterBuzz TV. You had uh, the Ultimate Fighter uh, final finale. Yep. Obviously, we already talked about Faber Mendez, um, but you had the finals of the. Uh, the, the, the Ultimate Fighter, Ryan Hall against Artem Lobov. Lobov. Now, yep. I know there was a little bit of... That wasn't the original final finale. Oh, man. That was an interesting mix-up. Yeah, so... Um, so, I in mean, a turtle shell, why don't you... Uh, in in a nutshell? In a turtle shell. <laughs> in a turtle shell. Because turtle shell is a little bit bigger than a nut, so I'll give, you, shell, I'll give you more room to talk. I'm going to talk really <laughs> slow if it's in the... <laughs> turtle turtle show. Alright, guys. Anyway, so, yes, it was the finals to season 22, The Ultimate Fighter. Um, Artem Lobov and Ryan Hall were in the finale. Kind of a weird last-minute patch together of uh, of a final. Um, the storyline, Artem Lobov, for those of you that haven't been uh, following this season, 16, uh, I believe it was 16 guys, or 32 guys, fought to get into the house. Artem Lobov Artem Lobov is a teammate of Conor McGregor's. He did not win his match to get into the house. What? And Ryan Hall, who is a very high-level and respected uh, jiu-jitsu uh, master from uh, Alexandria, Virginia, I believe. 50-50 jiu-jitsu. High for his, very well known for his leg locks. Um, he did win to get into the house. But this season, there was a twist. Um, they brought back in uh, a ninth person. So you got 16 guys, 8 and 8. For each team, there was a ninth person on each team, and after all nine of those guys had their matches, the the two guys from the worst uh, having the worst performances on the show in that quarterfinals round um, did not move forward in the uh, in the tournament. Uh, Artem Lobov did move forward. Uh, he was brought back by uh, by Connor as the ninth man, and he moved forward all the way to the very end. Um, Ryan Hall was knocked out, I believe, in the semifinals. Um, knocked out, proverbially speaking. He lost a majority decision to Saul Saul Rogers, I think it was. And Saul, uh, actually, it might have been the quarterfinals. Saul Rogers went on and was scheduled to fight in the finals against Artem Lobov. Last minute, little storyline twist. Saul Rogers apparently lied on his visa and could not get into the country to <laughs> to come to this fight. Oops. Yeah. Um, so that will put you back. That'll put you back. Yeah. That's that kind of throws a monkey wrench in your career. So uh, Ryan Hall was called up and uh, and offered the match against Artem to fight in the finals. Now, what's funny about that is that Saul Rogers had beaten somebody else. Um, I'm going to butcher his name because Brian Stan and John Anik did nail it because um, he did fight. Actually, um, he fought in the undercard. Excuse me. Juicy J. Arosa beat Martin. Oh, Vajosek. Vajosek is the correct pronunciation of his name. Saul Ryan. Rogers. Excuse me. Saul Rogers beat Martin Vajosek in the semifinals to advance. I believe it was by majority decision. Could be wrong about that. I personally thought Martin uh, Martin Marchine probably should have been the guy to get the shot to move to uh, to fight in the finals as opposed to um, as opposed to Ryan Hall. But it was Ryan Hall, and you know, much like as we were talking about Damian Maya and uh, and was it uh, Neil Magny? No, Neil Magny. Oh, yeah. Ryan Hall versus Artem Lobov. Now Artem uh, 
hands are low. He's he's got kind of a, a not a fantastic record. Eleven and, and ten or so. He's a you know uh, now eleven eleven I believe. You know five hundred fighter, but longtime teammate of Conor McGregor's. Um, hands low, one punch knockout power, and that was really what got him through most of the tournament on tough. Ryan Hall again, fifty fifty uh, jujitsu leg lock master. Um, this was this match was just mastery. Another another uh, kind of piece of artwork in terms of jujitsu stuff. Um, Ryan controlled Artem severely with a body lock for for most of the uh, most of the match. All three rounds. A lot of people online were saying it was a boring match. I thought it was pretty compelling, and I'm not that much of a jujitsu guy. So. <laughs> Um, well, Dana White was getting upset too. Was he at the ref? Uh, at the I guess, referee. Oh, uh, yeah. What was that? Because he was, uh, I guess, he was on his back for the last three minutes of the round, and nobody was advancing. Nobody was uh, hmm. taking any position, and there was nothing going on. So, hmm. so he called out uh, Mr. Dean. Oh, uh, Herb Dean. That. Yeah, Herb, who is considered <laughs> one of the best in the business, and yet still kind of touch and go when it comes to. Yeah. Uh, populous uh, or popular um, confidence among the masses, that is. <laughs> anyway, Ryan goes on to win the match uh, 30-27, 30-26, 30-26. Artem had nothing for, mm-hmm. for Ryan in his jiu-jitsu. And there you go for season 22 for the finals. On the same night, though, mm-hmm. you had probably one of the, my favorite fights of the year so far. So far, it's like December. Um, <laughs> uh, the end of the year? Tony, Tony Ferguson and Edson Barboza. Yes. Wow. Like, holy crap. That was two and a half or two and a half rounds or I guess one and a half rounds round. of just a war. Like, yeah. that fight was just like, holy crap. That first round was just insane. Like, Tony Ferguson, he reminds me a lot of Diego Sanchez. Just Ferguson actually wins his fights. Um, <laughs> but, man, that guy is just like, he's just in war mode 24-7. right? Oh, my Don't God. And Arden, Edson Barboza is not an easy guy to beat either. No, that guy right. is legit. Wicked kicks, wicked knockout power. Mm-hmm. But Ferguson is just like, oh, my God. Like, that guy... I'm hoping that guy gets a, a, a good shot to just move up the rankings, get a title shot or just anything. Mm-hmm. That guy, I think, deserves anything that he gets because he, he is just amazing. He's there. He's uh, ranked number seven going into this match. Going um, to number six, obviously, since yeah, he beat, beat number, number six, six for Barboza. So, you know, he's at least on, on talent and creativity alone, like the, the quality of his matches, he's a top five guy. Mm-hmm. Whether you, you want to, you know, do the cutoff at number five or not, um, both guys came out swinging really fast. Ferguson is a guy super creative uh, with his jiu-jitsu. He was doing a lot of... He took uh, a couple of those rolls. Like, yeah, he, inverted he did, like, more, he did it, like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Much like Ryan Hall does, quite yeah. frankly, with his, uh, uh, with his leg lock game. Tony Ferguson is willing to take risks, and he's smart about that. In, in the same breath that we say he's willing to take risks, he takes smart risks. And... When he gets himself in trouble, he knows how to extract himself from that bad position and reset. See, the key thing you did say is smart risk because here's a guy who's won out of his last three fights four four uh, bonus awards. You know, mm-hmm. three, the street three, three straight performance of the uh, mm-hmm. night awards, and obviously, a, I think one of the uh, fight of the nights uh, on mm-hmm. Friday night. So that's a guy who, like, and he won performance uh, as well. Yeah, I'm saying three straight like a. Uh, his last three fights was performance of the night, on this one. and then the last fight was performance and fight of the night. Yeah, so hundred thousand dollars richer's 
uh, right. for Ferguson. Uh, I think I'm sure his life is on cloud nine. I think he said he's having a kid sometime soon as well, yeah. which I'm sure is amazing. Uh, but yeah, Ferguson like college tuition money already. Oh my set. god, Ferguson <laughs> like, oh, freshman year anyway. So, <laughs> didn't Barboza land way more hits on him? Yeah, than Ferguson. I wouldn't say way more. I think I, I mean it was kind of back and forth, but just Ferguson just. I mean, but mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Bar- Bar- Barboza is no joke. Like, that guy knows how to strike, if, if anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Very bloody. Yeah. I was, I was, cra- it was crazy how he actually got that Doris. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that slippery. He sunk it in uh, twice. Was it, was it twice or just the once? Um, no, Juicy J in, in another match, he was sinking in the Doris, going for that as well. But yeah, that came out of the blue in, the, in that second round for the tap. Yeah. Um, I mean, right before we're about to wrap up the actual show of, uh, this after show, let's talk about really briefly the main event of the night before, uh, UFC fight night on Fight Pass. Girl uh, fight. Rose, mm-hmm. Rose Namajunas against Paige Van Sant. Uh, I know that wasn't the original. Jermaine fight. Lee, we're finally getting to that. It was right? supposed to be Paige Van Sant <laughs> against, the uh, chat room. Joanne Calderwood, but Calderwood got, uh, hurt and got replaced by our, our girl Rose. She sent her roses? I think Your so. Girl Jojo, probably, yeah. Yeah. probably. It's, well, it's it's expensive. I gotta ship it all the way to Scotland. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you, yes. At least send her one. You do what you gotta do That's for expensive. your girl, man. It's like a hundred bucks to have it like overnight. Uh, it, it, in in my worst Dana White uh, impression, <laughs> do you want to be a fucking boyfriend or not? <laughs> it ain't all about just saying online that you're you're somebody's. Boyfriend, she's pretty cute. Worst. <laughs> um, but this was a fight. This this was another war. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting this one much of a war. war. Yeah, very very much so one sided. And here's, in my opinion, here's a classic case of experience versus non experience. I know I know Paige is kind of like the golden girl, and she's got a great training camp behind her. But Rose, just like she's she got, was so calm in there. Yeah, just so calm, stay calmed, just riding her, and it was just. It was you very guys, beautiful to see. Do you get? Do you think it was the experience as opposed to the uh, the spotlight that Paige has been thrust into? I don't know how I feel about it one way or the other. I'm just kind of throwing it out mm-hmm. there, but um, I feel no because she even said it herself. I got I got out class, yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't have that technique. I mean, the thing, yet. the way I looked at it was Rose had an answer for everything, yep. mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for for Paige's heart. And part of her uh, her yeah, limber, she was very tough. her limber, like she would have got submitted like in many many times. But kudos to Paige Van Sant. I thought she was going to tap out multiple times yeah. uh, before she ended up tapping out in, in the fifth round. But yeah, I, I totally thought it was just experience. Justin Sully makes a note here saying, "How about Paige using her own blood to escape the guillotine by Thug Rose?" Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's probably line of the night for this after show. <laughs> well put. Uh, I don't particularly, I mean, I know it was a bloody match. I don't particularly remember that specific moment, but <laughs> that line is badass to read, my friend. Good work. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was a fight. Uh, I believe that one fight of the night as well. Uh, let me take oh, a no, 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 I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. It, it didn't. It, it, she, uh, Rose won performance of the night. Right. But, uh, fight of the night with Jim Miller versus Michael Jim Chiesa. Miller, yeah, Michael Chiesa. Um, uh, Tim Means also won the performance bonus that night. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's so many fights to go over. I mean, obviously we try to go to, we try to go over them all. I mean, some of the other, uh, big card fights is Uriah Faber, uh, beating, uh, 
Frankie, Frankie Science. Yeah, that, that was a fun, exciting fight. The the mm-hmm. main event of the prelims. Um, our girl Tisha Torres won. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many fights. Uh, Evan Dunham looking good over Joe Lozon. Yeah, I, I hate that because I'm a big Joe Lozon fan. <laughs> but yeah, he, he looked very good. And one more person we want we need to talk about just because we feel like this guy is going to be all over 2016 as well. <laughs> oh gee, thank you very much. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like fighting and train hard, and uh, you know, I'm just gonna keep uh, keep working hard, right? Right. Sage Northcutt. There you go. There you go. Sage, you should have fought for me, my friend. I got two <laughs> matches with your girl. And... Was you? Uh... Wait, was he? I, I fought that night, the same night that Brooksy fought. Uh, his it was sister. Brooksy and Colby, right? Yeah. Not uh, yeah, oh. Colby fought. <laughs> thought I had paired you two up. <laughs> I probably was going for that at some point. Yes, yeah, Super Sage Northcutt. Boy, they like this guy. Um, I don't know what to make of this guy. I think the only person that's going to defeat Sage Northcutt is uh, uh, is somebody chopping onions <laughs> right in his face and finally making him cry. The second that Sage Northcutt cries, yeah, that guy's got his number. Jesus Christ. Seriously, <laughs> like that guy, I mean... He he just shows impressive, and I know we said the same thing about Paige Van Sant. I mean, the, the youngness and just mm-hmm. improving every single time. And I will say this: Paige did show me a lot more in every single fight. She just happened to lose on this time. Mm-hmm. But same thing with Sage. That guy just shows me a new side of him. Yeah. And again, I, I just want him to make sure he's patient. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't rush. Don't be so quick to get into that main event slot. As you would say, maybe the pressure did get to Paige. So just Sage, maybe keep working. Maybe like a. Don't go too fast, you know. Right. Maybe, maybe still don't. And I, I get it. It's not really. If he wants to find in the prelims, and Dana said, "No, you're going to be on the main card." Like, you know, he's not. He doesn't really have a choice. You know, his um, as, as alluded to, I booked his sister Colby Northcutt. She fought for us at the U of MMA twice, and uh, Sage was there at least once that I can remember um, before he actually was legally able to fight hmm. MMA in California. He was, I believe, seventeen, and we were just waiting for him to jump the threshold. Um, to to be able to legally book him. By the time that happened, uh, the group in Texas was able to find fights for him, and so he stayed there, as is understandable. Um, his dad is very well uh, invested in, in controlling of both of their careers. Um, and I think a lot of people will say, will, will point to him and say, helicopter dad. Um, but I think that said, his dad is also, his dad markets very wants success for him. I think he wants it right. And even if he is obsessed, and I'm, I'm not suggesting this, but in, in theory, if he is obsessed with Sage's career and wants to live vicariously through Sage, I'm not saying that's the case at all, but worst case scenario, um, I do think that he's going to be very careful with Sage's matches uh, and who he fights and, mm-hmm. and not push him too fast. I mean, you can't push him. The kid's 19. He's in the UFC now. There's no more need to push him fast. Now is the time, if any, to make sure that say that you're really careful with with his career and who he fights, where he trains, etc. He was with TriStar for a little bit for us. Uh, Zahabi did corner him in this match. I believe, though, that uh, Sage is enrolled in college right now and uh, came back. I get a final the other day. Was that what it was? I, so. I know he came back a bit early, and you know, unfortunately, that made headlines in mm-hmm. MMA media. Shame on you guys. Sometimes life happens, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, but we did see Sage get uh, taken down in this one. It wasn't the uh, it wasn't the one sided uh, domination that that we saw the first time around. And I don't think that we should expect to see that from Sage. Mm-hmm. If we do see that, then props to him and the team that's running him. 
and, and training them, but let's not put our standards so high on that. The kid's 19 years old, and he's got just as much a right to mature and grow as anybody else in the sport. Yeah, so we don't have fun. to have two yeah. Conor McGregor's in one year. Well, like I said, there's a lot, right? there's a lot to look That's forward the to. There's a lot to look forward to in 2016, which yeah. we'll get into next week because we're going to be back next week covering uh, the UFC on Fox card mm-hmm. as another championship fight, Rafael dos, Rafael dos Anjos against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Um, not, uh, not only are we going to be covering that fight, but again, it's our last after show of the year. Yeah. Uh, we're probably going to be talking about, you know, our, our fighters to look out for as well mm-hmm. as our fighters that or fights that we enjoyed for 2015. So for everybody listening, everybody watching, we want to know who your favorite fighter or maybe fighters to look forward to in 2016 as well. Uh, feel free to hit us up on uh, the Twitter, the hashtag <laughs> ABTVUFC. Uh, of course, the YouTube comments is always a plus. You know, obviously, we, we read them all. Um, so please, all, all positive ones. And big up to all the guys in the chat room here. I'm Absolutely. Looking, we got uh, Gene Barreto. Guys and girls there. Gene Barreto. Jermaine Lee, Justin Soley was super active here. Uh, I don't think we saw from our man Joe Boza. Missing you, buddy. But, uh, yep, that was it. Oh, and uh, George Hermosa and Jay Tan. <laughs> but Shout out to you guys. If you did want to kind of uh, start early on the on the talk of maybe fighters or awards for 2015, fighters to look forward to 2016, what are your social media where they can maybe talk to you in the meantime? Oh, hey. If they don't want to wait till next uh, next Sunday for us to talk about. <laughs> nice segue, buddy. <laughs> I'm JTan716 all over the big three, uh, all over your internet. And I am Lethal Laura. You can call. You can uh, the call. We can call you. Oh, wow. No, 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 no. You can uh, on Instagram. <laughs> Lethal Laura with one L in the middle. Cool. And I am George Hermosa at G Hermosa, Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 